Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Hello and welcome back to the FT Arts Podcast. I'm Neville Hawcock, the FT's Deputy Arts Editor, and this week we'll be discussing Chekhov, Comedy Shorts. Four rarely performed one-act plays transposed to the small screen for Sky Arts 2. The cast is made up of well-known comedians and TV actors, Johnny Vegas, Mackenzie Crook, Steve Coogan and Julia Davis among them. The channel has just started airing the shorts to mark the 150th anniversary of the Russian playwright's birth. It's a worthy aim, but do stage plays in general, and these satirical little tilts at 19th century Russian manners in particular, make good television? And how do the comedy shorts... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...what's fit with Sky Arts' agenda. With me to discuss these and other questions are the paper's theatre critic, Sarah Hemming, and TV columnist John Lloyd, who has also reported for the FT from Moscow. First of all, let's hear a clip from The Bear, the second in the series, scheduled to air on Sky Arts 2 on Sunday at 9pm. Here, Smirnoff, played by Julian Barrett, famous from The Mighty Boosh, calls on the recently widowed Popova, played by Julia Davis, to collect an IOU. Ah, madam, let me introduce myself. Gregory Stepanovich Smirnoff, field artillery retired. I own a place over in the next county. Sorry to disturb you, but this is important. What can I do for you? I had the pleasure of knowing your late husband... And as it happens, he left me two IOUs, which come to a total of 1,200 roubles. Now, I have a mortgage payment due tomorrow, so I'm going to have to ask you, madam, to pay up, and I'm afraid I need that money today. 1,200? What did my husband owe you the money for? I sold him some oats. If my husband owed you the money, then, of course, I'll pay it. But you'll have to excuse me. I don't have any cash on me here today. My manager will be back from town the day after tomorrow... He'll see that you get paid, but today I'm afraid I, I cannot help you. It's exactly seven months today since my husband died and... Oh, I'm in a sad mood. I'm in no condition to talk about money. And I'm in a sad mood too, because if I don't meet my mortgage payment tomorrow, they'll seize my property and I'll lose everything. You'll have your money the day after tomorrow. I need the money today, not the day after tomorrow. I have already said I cannot pay you today. And I have already said that I can't wait until the day after tomorrow. What can I do since I don't have the money? That means you won't pay me. It means I can't pay you. Is that your final word? That is my final word. You made up your mind? I've made up my mind. Thank you very much. I'll make a note of that. <sighs> Am I supposed to take all this lying down? On my way here, I'm at my accountant. Why are you so down in the dumps, he says. Well, excuse me, he should know. I'm desperate for money. I got up at dawn yesterday. I rode around to everybody I know who owes me money. Not one of them paid me. I run in more circles than a hunting dog. Spent the night in some godforsaken flea pit of a hotel. Finally, I get here, 50 miles from home, 
expecting to be paid, and what do I get? A sad mood. What kind of mood do you think that puts me in? I think I made myself perfectly clear. I will pay you as soon as my manager gets back from town. I came to see you, not your manager. What the hell, excuse my language, do I want with your manager? My dear sir, I will not have such language in my house, nor will I tolerate that tone of voice. Refuse to listen to any more of this. I don't believe this. Seven months today, my husband died and I'm in a sad mood. What's that got to do with me? I have to make a mortgage payment. Fine, your husband's dead. Your manager's gone to town. You're in a sad mood. Whatever. What do you expect me to do? Run around and bang my head into a brick wall? Fly away from my creditors in a balloon? So, poor old Smirnoff in a uh, sad mood there, Sarah. Did the uh, comedy shorts put you in a sad mood? Did it work for you? No, they put me in a good mood. I mean, it's, it's a very interesting venture. Um, it's, a, it's a surprise to see any Chekhov on the small screen, really. And particularly these. These, I think only one of these has ever been done on UK television before, and that's a proposal some 50 years ago. So it's a real opportunity to, to see these strange, short little plays. And an opportunity in general, because you don't see them on stage much either. They're so short and specific that it's quite hard to stage them. Uh, unless you do them as a curtain raiser. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to see some Chekhov and a wonderful opportunity to see a slightly different guise of Chekhov, I think. They are more overtly comic than what we might be used to in the longer plays. As you could tell from that clip, he gets straight in there with the uh, this difficult, spiky encounter between these two people. So they're in- interesting in those respects, and they work very well. They're They're funny, they're poignant, um, they're angry, and they reveal quite a bit about Russian life, I think. But the other interesting thing, of course, about them is the is the casting. I mean, these very high-profile comic actors that most people perhaps wouldn't associate with Chekhov. You don't really think, perhaps, of Steve Coogan, best known for Alan Partridge, and Chekhov in the same sentence. And by using them, I think um, Sky Arts and Baby Cow Productions, who've produced them, have really emphasised what they want to do. They've made it clear that they want these to be comic they made it unexpected, very eye-catching, of course, and they may bring a, a different audience in to the, the audience that might automatically seek out Chekhov on television. Yes, it's a, it's a clever gimmick, and by it they seem to be saying these plays are funny and they're funny now. Yes, uh, but oh, interestingly, they haven't updated them, and you don't need to. I mean, Chekhov's points about human foibles are um, universal and everlasting. But, yes, they are funny now. I mean, they they show their age a little. You know, they're a little stagey. Um, I think they've wisely kept them to one set, haven't tried to do anything clever with them. And, in a way, that's rather enjoyable. It's very different from the sort of things you usually see in television drama. At one point in one of the other shorts, A Reluctant Tragic Hero, Johnny Vegas' character bellows, this is not a comedy, it's a tragedy. So how comic are these uh, comedy shorts? I mean, as we say, Chekhov is uh, notorious for portraying the rather more melancholy themes in in his plays. Uh, Are they perhaps more in keeping uh, with the spirit of Chekhov's better-known work too? You don't go to Three Sisters for for the gags, obviously, Um, but there is always comedy in Chekhov, in a good production of Chekhov, because his observation of human life is so spot-on and the way people talk and argue and speak at cross-purposes and get frustrated and strike attitudes... But, of course, there is also, as you say, a lot of melancholy, pain, despair, frustration, wasted lives in Chekhov. And in these plays, the balance is perhaps slightly more the other way. You know, it's, it's, it's much more straight, direct, blunt. It's, he's being comic right from the word go. But the comedy still comes out of pain 
and frustration. Um, the Johnny Vegas character, which, which you mentioned, he's he's immensely funny. He delivers this huge tirade to his poor, beleaguered friend about all his woes and all the errands he has to go on in his terrible life. And he's very amusing, but it's desperate as well. He's He's in real pain. It's still Chekhov, but with a slightly different tilt, perhaps, which is very interesting. John, what did you make of the uh, comedy shorts? Did you think they worked on the small screen? I did. I thought they worked actually quite triumphantly. Because they are funny. They were written in, in the 1880s when Chekhov was in his kind of apprenticeship years. He was writing vast amounts of journalism, comedy sketches for the Petersburg papers, and he tossed these off rather rapidly and spoke of them later very disparagingly, although he also noted with a kind of mixture of chagrin and pride that when he went to provincial towns, they were often played there. Uh, and I think they were played there because they were easy to stage. And that's carried through to the television. As Sarah says, simple set, one room, a couple of cameras, and that's it. The very fact that they are so simple means you have to concentrate on the acting. The tragic comedy comes out poignantly, especially in the, the long monologues that uh, Johnny Vegas and Steve Coogan do. Listeners familiar with Sky Arts will know that the uh, comedy shorts follow another initiative called Playhouse Live, a series of live performances of new plays, which all premiered on uh, Sky Arts 2 over the summer. Do you think Sky Arts is trying to stake out the uh, cultural high ground at the moment with these uh, initiatives? I think it is, and so it should. I mean, Sky makes a huge profit, and uh, it hasn't put much of it into British production or indeed any other kind of production. But it's now, I think, clawing up market. Uh, It's got the deal with HBO in the States, uh, where all HBO material will, will be first offered to Sky. And I think there is an attempt, both for good and bad reasons. The bad reasons, I suppose, is they want to be shown to be doing this, and it doesn't really matter about viewership. The good reason, I think, is that they are becoming aware that there is a gap there. There's a gap there because very little live theatre gets done on television. And again, as Sarah says, Chekhov is almost never done on television. And so they've seen that. It's been an intelligent bit of gap spotting, uh, and they've intelligently filled it. So I would hope... And I think I would expect that that they would do more of this kind. Well, thank you, John. And now to round off with your recommendations for this week. Apart from the Chekhov, John, what single programme would you make a point of staying in for this week? Well, uh, still in drama and original drama, uh, Jimmy McGovern's The Accused is on this evening. It replaces uh, Spooks. It's somewhat different from Spooks. But it, it follows one of his main tropes, which is the life of working-class Brits. You could say upper working class Brits, uh, tradesmen, uh, both in the street, uh, which was on about a year ago, and in the the series of six, the accused. In each case, a working class man, mainly, I won't give away the next five, is accused of a crime and suddenly descends into the criminal system from having a relatively stable life. And he's McGovern is, I think, one of the best dramatists working in TV now. Well worth a watch. And Sarah, over to you as the FT's theatre critic. What single play would you make a point of uh, going out for this week? One that's very interesting, it's pretty dark and difficult and perhaps not to everyone's taste, but I loved it, is The Train Driver, Hampstead Theatre, Athol Fugard's latest play. It's a two-hander, it's very painful, it's very poignant, moving. It's based on a true story that Fugard read, I think, ten years ago about a young black African woman who walked out onto the rails in front of an oncoming train and killed not only herself but her three children. 
which obviously moved him and spoke to him, as it must have done to many. Um, and what he was struck by, I think, was the fact that nobody came to mourn her, nobody came to look for her, and that's the start of the play. And he takes the point of view of the train driver and the impact it has on him, and we see him in the play looking for her, looking for her grave, and sharing a long and difficult but finally moving encounter with the grave digger who buries these people who who are, he calls the nameless ones. It's dark, it's stark, but I found it very moving and sort of classic in its simplicity, really, these two men tussling with all the questions of life and death. It could have been Greek almost. So not an easy watch, but, but uh, I got a lot out of it. Well, thank you very much, Sarah. Uh, that's it for this week. The Arts Podcast will be back on Friday, but for now... Thanks to my studio guests, Sarah Hemming and John Lloyd, and to you for listening. The Arts Podcast was produced by Griselda Murray-Brown. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.